The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. California. Florida. Iowa. Texas. Guide dog users. Students. IT professionals. Government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention. And operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. The DeForest Times Tribune reports that the Wisconsin Council of the Blind has just opened a new on-site vision rehabilitation classroom at its office in Madison. The classroom will build on the council's services, including vision rehabilitation therapy and low vision evaluations. Joining us to talk about the on-site vision rehabilitation classroom is Wisconsin Council of the Blind Executive Director Denise Jess. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. Glad you're here, too. Tell us about the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and your role in its organization. Yeah, you bet. So the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired is a 71-year-old organization, nonprofit, um, that has a mission to promote the dignity and empowerment of people uh, living in Wisconsin who are blind and visually impaired. And we do that through advocacy, education, and vision services. And folks often believe, given our name, that we are the state chapter of the American Council of the Blind. And just to clarify, we are not. We're um, an independent organization, really appreciative of all the excellent work that the ACB does, but not affiliated with the ACB. And I've been um, executive director here for almost seven years. Um, I am a person who lives with blindness. So uh, I not only bring uh, my executive leadership skills to the organization, I also bring lived experience and I lead on the council's advocacy work. So the Wisconsin Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired promotes the empowerment and dignity of people living in Wisconsin with vision loss through its various vision services, education, and advocacy efforts. Denise, how did the organization decide on the opening of this new vision rehabilitation classroom? Yeah. So whether we have experienced vision loss for all or most of our lives, or like many Wisconsinites and people across the country um, who are experiencing vision loss as they age, 
um, you know, there are such critically important skills, um, techniques, and, um, and tools that allow us to really live our lives with dignity and safely and be able to continue working, um, and living, um, independently. And, um, so vision rehabilitation is um, teaches those really critical, critical skills. So even as someone who has been, uh, blind my entire life and, you know, in, in my, uh, sixth decade, there are still some times that I might want to brush up or fine tune a skill. Um, and vision rehab helps folks do that. So, you know, learning, you know, cooking skills and hygiene and safe medication management and being able to manage your mail and your bills and, you know, just all of those activities of daily life. And we were providing in-home um, rehabilitation services uh, for many, many years. Decide, and we're still doing that, but decided that there would be situations, and there certainly are, where folks would prefer to not have us come into their homes, where they would like to be able to come to do a center-based work. And so that prompted us to set up a vision rehabilitation classroom. And um, even since you read that article um, in the DeForest newspaper, we've also added orientation and rehabilitation services. We, I'm not orient. Uh, yeah, orientation and mo- um, and mobile. Um, let me start Mobility. again. Orient- yeah, thank you. <laughs> All of a sudden, my mind just went blank. <laughs> you know, it's one of those days where yes. I'm not talking talking to you about voting access, which is what I just did two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, orientation and mobility. Um, so folks can come here and, you know, do O&M if they want. They can do um, vision rehab in the classroom if they want. Um, families can come in with their loved one and learn the skills as well to be able to support that loved one. So not only learning that those cooking and um, cleaning and hygiene and, you know, those kinds of skills, but also learning Braille, you know, as as simple as learning Braille for, um, you know, marking things, managing elevator buttons, you know, simple um, everyday Braille, but also for folks that want to hunker in and learn, you know, more literary Braille to be able to read. So, um, and, and we're finding that folks like that model, that they can come in here, it kind of feels special, you know, like this is the their place to do um, that learning. Um, it has easy access to our Sharper Vision store. So if there's um, a tool or product that is recommended, then the person has the ability to purchase it, um, you know, get their hands on it, make a purchase if they want. So it, it can create, um, you know, more of kind of a, um, you know, a, a more connected experience if someone might be here for an access technology lesson um, and then take a break and then go do a vision rehabilitation lesson. We've seen that happen quite a bit. Or someone starts out with a low vision evaluation to learn more about their functional vision and then moves into the vision rehabilitation clinic. We can provide a more comprehensive suite of services this way. Definitely. And there's a big suite of services being offered here 
And in the council's vision services with that new classroom definitely builds on those services. Um, but talk more about vision rehabilitation therapy. What's vision rehabilitation therapy? Yeah. So I think, you know, the name is always interesting because when you think about rehabilitation, you know, like if you do rehabilitation after surgery or rehabilitation after an injury, you know, the name implies that you're going to get um, function back in that foot or that arm or that shoulder. And that's not the goal in vision rehabilitation therapy. We're not restoring vision, but we're restoring the person's independence through learning, um, you know, these really, really necessary skills. You know, one of our, um, staff yesterday afternoon, this is a great example. He was out doing an orientation and mobility um, lesson with someone who had a new job doing food preparation um, in a community center. And after they did the orientation and mobility lesson uh, around the center and around the neighborhood and from the bus stop to the center, etc., he was ready to start his work shift. And so the therapist that he was working with, who was trained in both O&M and um, vision rehab, then, you know, switched gears and um, worked with the client on how to chop the vegetables safely, you know, really building those knife skills for someone with limited or no vision and how to, you know, operate the stove um, in the center and, you know, the kinds of things that will allow this person to um, maintain um, and, and build their employment skills and also then be able to go home and live uh, suffi- self-sufficiently and, you know, do things like being able to cook healthy food um, and not just eating microwave dinners and allow themselves to take their medication safely so that they're taking the right dose of something at the right time or allow them to uh, make sure that they're reading their mail and keeping up with their bills if they're still getting things in paper format. You know, all of those things that sighted people do um, using their vision, you know, we want to help um, our folks learn to do those things in other ways besides um, through through being through seeing or through vision. And definitely cook those healthier meals. We can't just live on microwave meals all the time. No, exactly. And we know that um, for those of us with vision loss, you know, the research really tells us and then our life experiences tell us that in in general, we tend to be sick more often than our um, sighted counterparts. Um, you know, we report more days of feeling poorly. We deal with food insecurity at greater numbers. We deal with obesity at greater numbers, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, um, you know, those sorts of things that um, become comorbidities with our blindness and put us at greater risk for um, disease and, and frankly, early death. So and some of that comes from, you know, lacking those rehabilitation skills that allow us to get out, to exercise, to put a healthy meal on the table instead of convenience food. So, you know, we, we see vision rehab as 
really um, a, a, a critical piece in the wellness continuum for people with vision loss. And exercise, does also this therapy come with teaching new exercises? No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, if you have a particular exercise that you'd like to do, um, you know, I think that our therapists could work with you on how to modify it. Um, at this point, you know, we're so busy with just, you know, helping folks learn um, basic vision rehab and va- yeah. basic orientation that, you know, I think um, it'd be a fun thing to look at. And I know that there's been some cool programs done um, around exercise, but that isn't something we're currently offering. Gotcha. So I also understand that the council is going to expand. It's has also expanded its suite of services. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I think um, a couple other things, you know, in addition to adding the orientation and mobility in the vision rehab classroom, um, we have for a number of years been offering access technology or assistive technology training. We choose to call it access technology here at the council and instead of assistive technology, um, because it's really about access. It's not about being assisted. So access to us has much is a much more empowered term. And um, that work can be done here at the council um, in our access technology classroom. Um, we also, in, the, in our access technology um, specialist, can travel to folks, too, within a given radius um, of the council. But what's super exciting for us is that we have um, now uh, secure uh, software, um, a, a remote incident manager, it's called, where our access technology specialist can remote into a client's computer, partner with them on their own computer um, and, you know, help them learn JAWS or Fusion or, um, you know, NVDA or even Narrator um, or Magnifier, you know, that comes installed with the PC and engage with them in that learning session and is experiencing what the learner is experiencing so that the learner is not trying to have to communicate what they're experiencing. And then as soon as the learning session um, is over, the connection is um broken and that we no longer have, you know, connection to that person's com- computer so that it's very um, safe and secure. But that's a game changer because that means we can provide access technology instruction anywhere in the state. That's excellent. Um, tell us about some of the instructors with, yeah. uh, that were helping out with all this. Tell me about all, how they yeah. bring, what they bring to the table. You bet. So all four of our vision um, rehab and um, access technology um, and low vision instructors um, are all advanced degree folks. Um, we believe very strongly that um, that specialty training that people get um, in a, you know, certification program, like an orientation and mobility certification or VRT or low vision therapist or, um, access technology really allows them to, um, not just be kind of flying on a wing and a prayer, so to speak. They really are trained um, and highly qualified to do the work that they're doing. And, um, you know, um, the three of them, um, the O&M person and the the vision rehab and the low vision are all 
certified through um, the American, oh, I'm not, I'm going to mess this up, ACVRP. So it's a national accrediting organization for the um, education and rehabilitation of people with vision loss. And they have to recertify every three years um, so that they are staying current on um, all of their continuing education. And um, knowing that we have uh, a real deficit of qualified vision rehabilitation and um, uh, vision services professionals in this country, and it really is a crisis. Um, you know, we're really happy to be able to have folks that hold the industry standard for for um, high quality professional services. Um, besides that, the four. Uh, practitioners are all really client centered. And that's an important part of the work that we do is that we don't say to a client, you should learn this, 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 and this, and we're going to teach you this, this, and this, because we know better. You know, that is not our philosophy. You know, it's not a good thing to do with adult learners, period. Yeah, um, that, that makes them feel like they're not only little kids, but exactly. it's like, why, why do we want to come here and learn if you're going to say exactly. we have to learn? Exactly. And it's in direct conflict with our um, work to, you know, to treat to have people live with dignity so we ask the client you know what's really important to you you know what do you want to continue doing or what do you really miss and then we work from there so we're doing client-centered um, work and every one of our practitioners um, holds that value you know they're not moving down a checklist um, and they're all very creative and they're all very kind you know that's one of the things that I just love about that team is that they care deeply um, about people, people's quality of life. Um, two of the team members are folks who are blind. The other two folks are um, folks who are sighted, who care very deeply um, about quality of life for, for people that are blind. So I wanted to be sure to tell you, too, that um, on our YouTube channel, so if you go to uh, Wisconsin Council of the Blind on YouTube, um, you'll find a video that's all audio described um, that talks about our vision services. And you can meet each uh, one of the four providers and get a sense of what they do and a little bit about their personalities, too. That's really good. So let's go over the process. Let's pretend I'm, I'm living I'm living in Wisconsin, Madison, where you guys are, and then I'm that I want these same services, like I want mm -hmm. to learn cooking, what would I do step by step? So when you can reach out to us in a few ways, one is to call us and our um, front desk staff um, are just excellent. They'll, you know, get a little information from you about what you're seeking, and then they will um, connect you with our Director of Education and Vision Services, um, Amy Wirth, and then she'll do a follow-up with you to learn more about what's important to you and where you want to start on the um, on the journey and then help facilitate getting you set up with that um, practitioner. Um, you can reach out to us at info 
at wcblind.org. And we also have um, an accessible um, inquiry form on our website at wcblind.org. So um, those are three really good ways to get in touch with us. And whether it's you directly reaching out or, you know, a family member or a friend hears this and they want to, um, you know, make that initial contact. Um, if it's an eye doctor or another eye care professional, that we get a lot of contacts that way. Um, sometimes, you know, Wait, another social... so the ophthalmologist can sense a referral too? Sure, they can. Uh, we don't do. Yeah, they can. We and we highly, 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 highly encourage our ophthalmology friends to, um, you know, to recommend that folks contact us. And we have a referral process set up with the University of Wisconsin Department of Ophthalmology and, and, Visu- and Visual Sciences. Um, but other doctors um, in the area also um, channel their folks to us. So, um, you know, and sometimes we'll hear from folks who might be case managing um, in some way, you know, somebody who might be living in a care facility um, who would benefit from vision services might make the connection. So our referrals come from a variety of places. Could you give us maybe a few client testimonials? Yeah, I think um, um, I'm not going to be able to do these word for word, but That's I just... Fine. <laughs> I just think about, um, you know, just that w- for some of our clients, it's just like the world opened back up for them. You know, it's just it feels liberating. Um, one of our recent clients um, was working on orientation and mobility, and she was also working on vision rehab skills and just f- felt so much, you know, reduced her anxiety. She didn't feel so worried. Um, and her and her partner didn't feel so worried anymore. So if if we can play a role in helping someone reduce their anxiety and their worry, that feels so significant to me and so incredibly important. Takes the load off of them. Yeah, totally. And we know the ill, you know, the ill health effects of prolonged anxiety and um and, and depression. You know that that is as detrimental as sitting for too long or smoking, you know, that those mental health conditions are brutal. So if folks can have those lessened through getting some really solid vision rehabilitation services, then that's a huge benefit. Oh yeah. Gosh. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. I think what I want to say is, to really encourage folks to um, tell yourself you deserve to learn these skills and to reach out, whether it's with us or, you know, other states um, have, a, you know, organizations like ours um, or your state services because you deserve it. You're worth it. Um, and being able to learn these skills and develop them or strengthen them um just means that you get to live the life that you really want to live. And, um, you know, with among our older adults who are losing sight. So it's so sad. Sometimes I think that they 
feel like they've failed in some way because they're losing their vision. And they haven't failed at all. It's just simply something that's happening to them. And because there's kind of this sense of embarrassment or failure, sometimes they're so nervous about reaching out. And right. um, and we just, I want to, every time someone walks through our doors and is ready to learn something new, I want to celebrate them. I'm like, wow, you are 85 years old. You are willing to learn something new. You are a rock star. And so I really want folks to <laughs> embrace their inner rock star and, and reach out for, um, reach out for service. It's like it's like you're greater than you think you really are. Totally, and you deserve it. It's like those. It's like on the car mirrors, objects are closer than they appear. <laughs> well, Denise, thank you so much for sharing information about the new Vision Rehabilitation Classroom and speaking out for the blind and visually impaired. Yeah, Brian, it is always a joy to talk with you. Thank you so much for connecting with me. Same here. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. The First Amendment reads, The people shall not be deprived or abridged of their right to speak. The odds are, the person you just heard is an African American. Because African Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. The freedom to shout from mountaintops. The freedom to tell your mother you love her. And it's twice as likely a stroke could take your life. Therefore, it's twice as crucial for us to do something about preventing a stroke. Learn how you can help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.